Hi, love. This is Dawn, and you're listening to Dear Divorce Diary with my coach, Dawn, where we explore the post-divorce life and you, the woman who lives it. We cover everything from trauma during and after divorce to feeling like a stranger in your own life and the new frontier of life as a single woman. Cozy in for the conversations you've been longing to have about this new life. Hey loves, today we are talking about divorce trauma and it's a topic I love talking about because I am what you may refer to as a trauma-informed therapist. What does that mean, Dawn? It means that when I work with people, I am really trained at spotting the traumas that they've experienced and where their trauma responses are showing up and then I'm especially trained at helping resolve those traumas so that you can start to have a normal response to things. So last year, I posted on the gram this idea that Bessel van der Kork, a trauma expert, says trauma comes back as a reaction, not a memory. And that Instagram post got such an overwhelming response. I knew that I was onto something in treating divorce trauma because see, sometimes the way the marriage ends is just too much pain for the brain to process at once. And that's really how we know a trauma happens, that the brain can't quite keep up with the amount of pain that needs to be processed. And so then it is really, really clever. It puts the pain somewhere in a nice little secret spot so that you don't have to feel it all at once, which is really helpful. Thank you, brain. But it doesn't go away. It's just kind of hidden. And the thing about hidden stuff is when it is hidden long enough, it starts to rot and smell and affect our lives in ways that we do not like. So I think to help you kind of figure out if you have any maybe hidden divorce trauma or other types of trauma, right? Because traumatized people make traumatized choices and that's a difficult loop to interrupt. So having been a child of trauma, I made some traumatized choices in the partner I initially picked, right? And so healing the trauma was really, really key in picking a new partner um, in my future. So trauma responses are things like this. Obsessive thinking, unshakable resentment, overreacting, chronic self-doubt, mixed up thoughts. Here's another one. Rigid independence, right? Like extreme self-sufficiency is a trauma response. High functioning anxiety, trauma response. There are so many ways that we demonstrate trauma responses that aren't just flashbacks because that's what we kind of tend to think of when we think of trauma is like flashbacks, right? Um, another one that you probably can relate to is insomnia. It can be a trauma response. So how does this relate to your life today? So maybe you already knew that this divorce was a trauma. Maybe you didn't. 
doesn't have to be a big, scary word. I think that once we know what something is, now we can start to find the effective strategy to deal with it, right? And so when the brain experiences trauma, the place that it stores it is in the brainstem, which is like more in our subconscious mind. It's like not your day-to-day thinking brain, like, oh, I need to pick up some groceries. Oh, I need to get that uh, thing done for work. It's more in the subconscious mind that we don't think about. It happens below the surface. I like to explain the subconscious mind kind of like an iceberg, right? If you think of an iceberg, there's the part of the iceberg that is above the surface of the water. That's the part of you that, you know, has your to-do list. And then the part of the iceberg that's below the surface of the water is the brainstem. You can't see it, but you know it's there. And if you have the right tools, like if the Titanic had used the right tools to spot the part of the iceberg that's below the surface of the water, it didn't have to crash. So how do we get to that subconscious mind where our traumas are stored? Ooh, I'm so glad you asked because this is where I come in, right? I help women embrace the tools that help them spot the subconscious mind. So the three things that I tend to point to the most are journaling, specifically guided journaling, where I give you a very specific prompt and you respond to that prompt because it gets you faster results than just free writing. So guided journaling helps get into the subconscious mind. Then also EFT tapping, which people tend to either love or hate, right? Like when I suggest EFT tapping to people, most people feel like it's awkward at first. Um, And then some people really kind of become converts and love it. And some people are like, that's too weird, Dawn, I can't do it. But my clients who do EFT tapping, um, shout out to Brad Yates. He's the tapper I tend to recommend the most. You can find him on YouTube. Um, My clients who do EFT tapping, much like my clients who journal, get better faster and their results are more sustainable. They relapse less, if that makes sense. And then my absolute hands down favorite solution for trauma and getting into the subconscious mind is EMDR therapy. Now, these three things are not the only three ways to get into the subconscious mind, right? Meditation, um, and there are lots of other trauma-informed techniques for for dealing with the subconscious and for trauma, but these are my three favorite go-tos, Right. So EMDR therapy is something I became trained in a number of years ago after um, going through a really bad hurricane in my hometown at the time. And um, some trainers came in to train the local therapist so that we could help um, provide trauma-informed therapy to people who had suffered a loss from this hurricane. And that's how I got EMDR trained. But what I saw was that when I started working with the women who had gone through divorce, that what it did was it allowed them to completely transform how they experienced their day-to-day life. They stopped being so anxious. They were able to release their resentments. They were able to not obsessively be on dating apps. They were able to tolerate feeling alone and um, being home alone and doing things solo. They were able to have a super positive self-image rather than thinking that they weren't good enough all the time. And then when they did date, they were able to say like, thank you next when people were not a good fit versus like um, kind of like giving someone too long to hang out when they really didn't deserve it, right? So I saw EMDR transform the way women 
went through divorce. And I was so jelly because I didn't have EMDR when I went through my divorce, though I have spent plenty of hours being on the sofa as an EMDR patient since. And it has also helped me tremendously. So these are the ways that I love to approach the trauma of divorce. And I would love for you to send me a DM if you have questions about this, because I know that all of these three approaches can help you shake some of these things that you've been living with for probably a very long time, but have gotten much worse as a result of this divorce that you've been going through. So hit me up on Instagram. Uh, the My handle is in the show notes. And if you have questions about things like, how do I pick an EMDR therapist? How can guided journaling work for me? Which Brad Yates video do, you, do I need to work with, Dawn? Like, these are great questions, and I would love to help point you to those things. So you are not alone. And when you see your ex in public or when he texts you and you have that... <gasps> response. Um, you, that is normal. A lot of women experience that those are trauma responses and I can help you through those. So thanks for joining me today. You're the best thing and can't wait to chat next week. Dear Divorce Diary is a podcast by my coach, John. You can find more at mycoachdawn.com.